You are listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Stroges. Chapter 20, Matsyas. As Matsyas walked back to his room from the bathroom, he heard familiar voices in the common. He peeked his head out and saw Ion and Key sitting together on the couch. Speaking of... Ion looked up as he approached. I heard voices. We were just getting to know each other better. Ion's stomach growled. She looked between the siblings. Do you guys want to get breakfast? Matt looked down at his pajamas. I should change first. That's okay. Ion waved a sparkly stone at him. He couldn't see it clearly, but it looked like one of Key's creations. I need to put this away first. Key wrung her hands. Actually, I promised my friend from electricity class that I would meet her this morning. There was a silence between them. Matsyas felt something sink in his stomach, but he knew he couldn't keep Key away from her friends. Oh, okay. He looked at Ayan. Meet you here in uh, five minutes. Ayan nodded, and Matsyas went back to his room. When he got there, Reed was awake. Hey, I thought you left already. Matt shook his head. Talking to Ayan and Key in the common. We are going to get breakfast. He knew he should ask Reed if he wanted to come. Could hear his father's voice teaching him about hospitality when they were setting up for the temple meal. But Matsyas couldn't get his tongue to move. He didn't want to get his tongue to move. Reed seemed to be the only person he couldn't say those words to. Fortunately, Reed didn't seem to think twice about this. Well, I'm meeting my brother later. He's going to help me with my history homework. And then we're going to play feast. You want to join us? I mean, you got the same class. Matsyas shook his head. He hadn't heard of Feast before, but learning a new game with Reed didn't sound like a good end to his week. I finished my homework last night. He lied. Tilly helped me. Tilly? Oh, Tilly Tsane. Yeah, I think my brother's friends with her sister. They came in the same year and all. He grabbed a deck of cards off his desk and put them in his jacket pocket. Well, if you change your mind, stop by Westwood House. Sure. After Reed left, Matt changed quickly, cupping the top of his prosthetic over his leg and fastening it into place with the straps. Getting pants onto the fake leg had been a nightmare of its own when he had first gotten it, but he had done it so many times that it barely took him more time than getting dressed might have before the fire. He combed and braided his hair with an even more practiced hand, grabbed his crutch, and returned to the common. Ion waited for him in the common with Miriam, who was dressed in black sweatpants and a brightly colored sweater. Her hair hung down her back instead of in the elaborate hairstyle she usually put it in. Together, they walked to the cafeteria. After they had collected their trays and sat at their usual table, Matsyas noticed Key sitting with her friends, two students from Hawthorne House. He had seen them before. One was the blonde girl he knew had electro-casting with Key. The other, like Key, seemed to float between the realms of boy and girl, having short-cropped hair and switching between skirts and brightly colored leggings, and jeans with elaborate embroidery. These were people Key needed to be friends with. They would understand her in a way Matsyas had never been able to, and Key certainly wasn't going to meet anyone else like them among the Thisaju, who so often chided her for being too masculine. But seeing them made Matt worry she would find her place at Faraday long before he would. So, what did I interrupt you from? Ion asked Miriam, and Matsyas turned back to his table. I usually exercise in the morning. Apparently I didn't get up early enough. 
Maybe you're still recovering after having traveled so far. Nightmares aside, the distance he and Key had journeyed had definitely taken a toll on his sleep schedule. It's no matter. I'll practice this afternoon. I've never seen you with your hair down before. Do you put it up after your routine? I usually braid it first, but I was getting up when Ion walked in, so I didn't bother. She tossed a strand over her shoulder with the kind of expression usually reserved for younger siblings. Matsyas fingered the purple ribbon at the end of his own braid. Do you want me to braid it for you? Miriam looked at first like she might refuse, but then agreed. It had been a long time since Matsyas had braided someone else's hair. Keys, of course, was too short but he had sometimes helped the younger kids in the community get ready for temple, and he had looked forward to teaching Lamel to braid. As he took Miriam's hair in his hands, he wondered where his brother was. Had the other kids made it to Mevi without getting caught? And where had they gone from there? When Matt finished, Miriam put her hand back to feel the braid. Thanks. It's no problem. I used to... used to do it for a friend of mine. He was grateful the girls didn't ask him for more information. Instead, Ayan and Miriam talked about class and reflected on what they might have been doing at home if they were not at Faraday. Matsyas tried to block this part of the conversation out because it also got him thinking of Lamel. After they had finished eating and put their trays away, Ayan said, Hey, do you guys want to go to the lightning ball pitch? Huh? It's a beautiful day, and we've still got another day before we have class again. I don't want to go inside. Can we play lightning balls? Um... Matsyas had played lightning ball some when he lived in Ethion, but he had never been particularly good at it, and he hadn't even tried to play since he lost his leg. Key had no interest whatsoever. Don't tell me you don't think I can do it. Of all people. Not that. I don't think I can do it. Oh. Well, if you really want to, I can try. Even as he said it, he wondered how easily Ion and Miriam could help him up if he fell. Being able to land on one foot had been useful in Lightning Ball, and Matsyas only had one foot to land on. Miriam looked from Ion to Matt. Oh, all right, but only for a little while, and I'm leaving if Joe is there. Matsyas thought of Antony's girlfriend, but didn't know why Miriam wouldn't want to be around her. Ion said, Fair enough, though this early on Sunday morning, we'll probably have the pitch to ourselves. When they arrived, a group of students, mostly in Providence Purple, were already playing. Ion swore when she saw them, her shoulders slumped as she turned back to the dorms. Fine, let's go back. Miriam stood on her tiptoes. I don't see Joe. Maybe they'll let us join at the end of their game. Matsya secretly hoped they wouldn't. But at that moment, one of the players caught sight of them and waved. Ion gave a half-hearted wave back and the boy jogged over. Matsyas realized it was Antony. Hey, want to join? We can add another player. He tossed the ball into the air, and Matsyas tried not to flinch, half expecting the older boy to hit it straight at him. He told Antony he'd rather sit out, but jabbed a finger at Ion to indicate she did want to play. For a moment, he thought there would be an argument, but then Antony said, Okay, come on. He beckoned toward the circle, and the others changed the layout to accommodate the new player. If they thought anything of Ion joining the game, no one seemed to make a comment. Antony threw the ball into the air, and the game began. As it turned out, Ion was very good at lightning ball. She only scored two points during the game, and Matsyas got the impression that her low score was due to her determination. She didn't let anything stop her, diving into the fray to beat the ball back as it so much as looked as if it might cross into her section of the circle. 
She was particularly good at blocking with her elbows. Matsyas and Miriam cheered for her. When the game ended, Antony caught the ball and shook hands with all the players, including Ion. As they walked back toward Matt and Miriam, her face flushed with excitement. Are you sure you don't want to play? Miriam stood and stretched. Actually, I still need to do my morning exercises. Before the morning is over? She looked slightly cranky, but Matsyas wasn't bothered by it. Of all the people he knew, he felt Miriam was the least likely to have come if she hadn't wanted to. Antony looked at Matsyas as he tossed the ball into the air. He was always sure to catch it at the rounded end, but Matt flinched each time it landed anyway. I should uh, work on my homework. I'm taking channeling objects, and I can't make heads or tails of stabs versus wands. You need help? I don't want to pull you away from your game. After a glance to Ion and the other players, Antony relented. Fine, but I'm checking up on you later to make sure you're not wasting your entire weekend. He gave Matsyas his usual half-smirk, and Matt laughed. <laughs> All right. Antony's smile broadened as he turned to Ion. You're really good. You should think about trying out for the school team. Really? Yeah, sure. The other teams won't see what's coming. Tryout should be in a couple of weeks. They'll have signs up in the common, but I'll let you know too. Thanks. He held the ball toward her. Want to go again? I do, but I promise we wouldn't stay for very long. Ion gestured to Matt and Miriam. And I have a piece of embroidery I want to finish. Even for Faraday students, you guys are a little dedicated for freshmen. That will probably change when we understand things here. Once I don't have Miss Thielman's class. Antony laughed and punched Matsyas on the arm. I don't think you have anything to worry about with that. You're the star of the class. He said it the same way Tilly did when she compared their performance in wind casting. I'm not going to depend on that. All right. Antony sighed as if they had ruined his whole day. I guess I'll catch you later. Catch us? We'll see you soon, Miriam translated and pulled Matsyas back to Victoria House. Matsyas hadn't been lying to Antony. He did have an assignment he was struggling with. He sat down in the common to work on it at one of the tables, half hoping he might run into someone else taking the class. But Miriam and Dion both had other things to do. Tilly stopped by at some point, but she didn't understand the assignment either. Even if I did, I know better than to do homework on the weekend. Matsyas didn't bother mentioning that homework, or for that matter procrastination, was a new concept to him. At the temple school, they had managed with whatever resources they could find, and it was difficult to send students home with required reading when you didn't have enough books. Nevertheless, Matsyas had always been a studious child. Key and her parents bought him books every year, and he managed to build up a small library which he read over and over again. He wasn't ready to fall behind on his classwork just because another student told him it was customary. Tilly went to her room and left a few minutes later with a wooden tube and a matching box. Other students came and went. Matt secretly hoped for Key to show, though he didn't expect it. After several hours, Antony turned back up, as promised, to check on him. How's the homework going? Better, but I think I just read the last page twice. Have you eaten recently? Matsyas didn't answer, but apparently he didn't need to. Antony closed Matt's book and took it. We're going to dinner. Matsyas wanted to protest and look for Ion and Miriam, but Antony held his book hostage. He led Matt to the cafeteria, where they ate with Joe and Wince, which turned out to be helpful as Wince had taken channeling objects the year before. 
He started explaining the homework until Antony cut them off, insisting Matt needed to learn how to socialize. Matt secretly believed Key would agree, but he didn't say it out loud. Matt? Antony cut his fish with his fork. You've never been to a movie before. Have you been to a restaurant? A couple of times. Matsya said slowly as Joe and Wince tried to stifle their laughter. Antony clapped him on the back. We need to fix this, too. We should go to Eclipse tomorrow. I don't know if that's what I would call a restaurant. Depends on where you sit. Besides, you've got to work up to these things, right? He grinned at Matt as if he should be in on the joke, but not knowing what Eclipse was, Matsyas couldn't understand the punchline. But he did know it was the kind of place he wouldn't have been able to go in Ethion, so he agreed. The next morning, Antony knocked on his door around eight o'clock. Matsyas entered quickly, worried the knocking might wake Reed, who had gotten in late the night before. Matsyas had hoped Reed would stay asleep, because he worried Antony might invite him too, even if Matsyas had told the older boy that he and his roommate didn't get on well. Eclipse turned out to be a mostly outdoor restaurant on a large brick patio. A matching brick archway marked the entrance with a sign that had two overlapping circles, one white and one black. The thing about this place is that it's actually several different restaurants. He pointed to different doors that led inside buildings on either side of the patio. That's traditional Nefralin food, pizza, upscale restaurant. It all depends on where you sit, Matsyas recalled Antony saying the night before. He surveyed the patio. All the tables were wrought iron with no clear markers where one section ended and another began. He wondered how customers and staff told the different areas apart. Where are we sitting? Matsyas hoped his companions wouldn't make him choose. Coffee shop. Antony slid into one of the tables nearby. It's our usual place, Joe told Matsyas as she took a seat next to Antony. Your usual place? How often do you come here? Every couple of weeks, sometimes more, depending on how we feel. Wince flopped into a chair like he might be sitting on a couch in the common. So tell me, Matt. Antony said as a waitress came out of the nearby door and brought them menus. Have you ever had coffee? Matsyas had, in fact, had coffee once before, but today he opted for tea, which was more familiar as it was altogether more common in the southern continent though they did not have the anise tea popular in Ethion. He also had a slice of chocolate cake decorated in purple icing with white and black stars scattered across it. Everything was going well until a familiar face walked through the archway. Oh no. Brace yourselves. As Matt watched, Miriam crossed the patio. She had almost reached the table before she noticed them. Then she turned, her black braid whipping out behind her and walked toward them as if preparing for battle. Hello, Joe. Joe took a sip of her coffee and looked at Miriam over the rim of her cup. Hello, Miriam. What brings you here this... Miriam looked up at the sky. Morning. Same as you. Thought we'd have an outing away from school. How has your first week gone? Excellent. Matsyas noticed Miriam looked Joe directly in the eye, which she never did in class or at lunch. Joe took another sip of coffee. Talked to father recently. Miriam crossed her arms over her chest. Wrote him a letter this morning, actually. You? Joe frowned slightly, but returned her face to stillness. I haven't had the time. She sneered at Miriam. Too busy making friends. But you wouldn't understand that, would you? 
You only know how to make enemies. Miriam glanced at Matt. Well, hopefully you don't fall into the same problems you did in Ulai. Then she turned on her heel and started to leave. Cousin, Joe called after her. Miriam turned and Joe waved a fork at her. Aren't you going to eat? Suddenly, I find I'm not hungry. Miriam turned and walked out of the archway. Matt stared after her. Was that necessary? Oh, I forgot you're friends with her. Joe said friends the way someone might spit sour milk. Is there something wrong with that? Matsyas fiddled with his fork, trying to imagine what would happen if he was forced to pick between Miriam and Joe. He liked going out with Antony and his friends, but no one was honest with him the way Miriam was. Wince firmly cut into the conversation. Joe and Miriam are cousins. They don't get along, which wouldn't be a problem if they learned to leave each other alone. He emphasized each of the last four words. Joe rolled her eyes. It wouldn't be a problem if... But Wince refused to listen. He held a hand up to Joe, and when she cut off, he turned to Matt. I saw you brought your channeling objects book with you. Do you want to have another look at that assignment? You have been listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Sroaches. The role of Matt, played by Casey Kirkpatrick. CJ Branneman and Indy Jones played Key and Tilly. Ion and Miriam were voiced by Brittany Nunez and Stephanie of the Drift. Goodwin Hidalgo rounded out our cast as Anthony. Music and sound effects from Pixabay. Cafeteria ambiance from Ambient Sound Mixer. To learn more about our artists or to read this book online, find The Stitchwitch's Apprentice on Tumblr. Or follow the links in the show notes.